Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. From the leafy streets of Springwood, Ohio, to the barred windows at 1428, we are Halloweenies. This is God. Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, suspects, and deadites. We're going to be talking to specifically you dreamers out there because uh, I guess we're going to be dialing the clock back to season two, if you recall, our Nightmare on Elm Street season, uh, because we're speaking to the dream demon himself, Mr. Robert England. Um, yes, you uh, you do not have to rub your eyes too much as you're looking at our main feed right now because uh, your, your eyes do not deceive you. Yes, Robert England joined our show. Uh, for a good 15 minutes, and uh, we're going to be talking about some fun stuff. But I'm not alone on this journey. Here in Weston Hills Asylum uh, is... Uh, please introduce this yourself. Is, this is Wolfman Freddie Mac. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, and... <laughs> I mean, this is exciting. I mean, by the way, I should probably introduce myself, too. This is uh, Michael, um, let's just see, Kruger Rothman. Just God. I, 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 I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say Michael Weston. <laughs> you know, was that my original nickname for it? Because I, I was trying I have to think. no clue. Well, we are in Weston Hills right now. It's been a while since we've been here. Um, God, so long. I mean, it's it's weird to think because... I, I guess there's some sort of symmetry here because, you know, we're talking to Robert England, not because of Nightmare on Elm Street, because guess what? There is no Nightmare on Elm Street new movie coming out, you know, at least as far well, as we well. can tell, which sucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think we've been wanting one for a while, um, but Stranger Things 4 is out and uh, Mr. England plays Victor Creel. If you haven't seen it yet, you've probably seen photos of him, especially if you follow our socials because we've uh, shared multiple uh, memes involving uh, his character Victor Creel. He uh, spoiler alert doesn't have eyes, so um, you might say he's a he's an he's probably somebody that would be actually in Weston Hills if you think about it. Um, but what makes it so interesting, the, the, you know, just sitting here thinking about it, is that when we did the Nightmare season in 2019, that's when Stranger Things three was out. So it's kind of cool. Wow. There's some sort of symmetry there. That, it's a little weird. That is crazy to me. Yeah, that's been that long that since long. Stranger Things three and four. Yeah. That that the distance we've done multiple seasons yeah. in that in that dead space. Uh-huh. We uh huh. That Friday, is crazy. W- w- the whole Friday thirteenth run. We've we've carved out all of Camp Crystal Lake. Then we solved literally every crime we could in Woods Woodsboro, and we also, I guess, flipped through all of the major Necronomicon pages of the Evil Dead trilogy, right. or at least the Ash trilogy. That's how long it took to get to Stranger Things 4, <laughs> which is kind of fucking wild when you think about it. I mean, um, we also, and you're forgetting, you're burying the lead, we also did, we have our coverage on Dead Silence. 
We did. We did do our coverage on Dead Silence, which um, I guess if you think about it, is a, kind of an, a, an Elm Street adjacent movie. No, I'm just joking. It's not that at all. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this because we really did want to talk to Robert England in that season. Uh, season two. God, season two. It's so weird to say that because now we're yeah. five. But um, we really did want to talk to him around that time. And it's actually one of the – I feel like when you look back – our Halloween season, we got to talk to John Carpenter. That was big. But we didn't really d- talk to anyone else from the Halloween franchise other than like Tommy Lee Wallace because he talked a little bit about Halloween 3. But we didn't talk to Jamie Lee Curtis. We didn't talk to any other stars. We, I don't think we even reached out to any of the stars then. At that point, we weren't really doing that. Yeah. But for Nightmare, all we really got to talk to is um, we, we got to speak to Heather Langenkamp. And that was right. great. And that's an awesome Which interview. is a huge get anyways. And absolutely but, huge. Um, right. So you can but check that out. Yeah. But this is this is big. This kind of just landed randomly because we've been covering the Stranger Things season over at uh, the Losers Club uh, with Talkin' Hawkins, and I had been trying to get the Tougher Brothers um, on this show, and they they you know randomly said, um, "Hey, how would you like to talk to Robert England?" And duh, uh, duh, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah. uh, but without spoiling too much, though, Mac, like what, what were your uh, sentiments on the interview? What, what, what surprised you about it? Oh, uh, you know. I think I'm always surprised at how incredibly nervous I get before we talk to anybody, but also just in in the sense that it always surprises me how absolutely game these folks are to talk about these things, you know? Uh, So that was really, it just feels nice to just, uh, it just seems like they are, they're excited about it and it's just, it's fun. It's still fun after all these years and you can tell in his voice that he's just having a great time. And I, I just love that. I just love yeah. to see that. Yeah. It was, it was really cool too, because I mean, you're not going to be able to see it because obviously this is a podcast, but we could see in his room, he had all this Freddie merch everywhere. It was kind of a, as, oh, yeah. as, as the two heads that love the merch the most on this podcast, I will say <laughs> it was the most enticing thing to see is just he had this giant Freddy's pinball machine right behind him, which we talk about a little I think, bit. I end. think it was a Freddy's Nightmares Freddy's, pinball it machine. Did, didn't it look like that? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I believe so. So that was even more incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it, it was really fun. And it was just kind of surreal to be able to, you know, I've seen him in person before because honestly, actually the, the same weekend that I interviewed um, Heather Langenkamp, I went to a, a convention that, that week, that flashback, um, and he was there and I just saw him in the distance and we had also seen him at the music box, uh, years and years ago. Um, oh, that's right. I, I, Caffrey, I believe, were you there for that one? It was, it was like a nightmare and swamp thing, you know, uh, double feature. We've talked about that interview so much. I feel like I was there, but right? I don't, I that's don't I, think I, I was remember. there for that. I think I was it was just, there. I was there for Clive Barker, but I was okay, not there yeah, for Yeah. The Clive Barker one was interesting too. But, yeah. um, well, anyway, look, we got an interview to get to. So enjoy uh, it's, 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 you know, it, again, it's very short. It's a little bit, a little, you know, around 15 minutes, fingers crossed, you know, we get him back on the show. We get him a little longer, maybe a little, maybe go in for the 45 minute hour long, the real Halloweenies interview that we get in. But for right now, it's nice. This is a fun little chat. And if we go for the full thing, Hey, we could always dream on about it. Right. Um, enjoy. I'll jump right in. Um, you know, with Stranger Things, the 80s is such a character. And, you know, it made me think this isn't the first dip into the 80s. 80s nostalgia has been so in vogue for over 
20 years now. And I wanted to ask, you know, as someone who was such an important icon in, of that decade, why do you think the decade is so hard for us to leave? Like, I mean, it, it's just, I feel like the nostalgia just continues and continues. It just never ends. Well, there were, the culture provided for everybody in America and the UK, the world, in fact, some really great iconic films, mm -hmm. some decent television. It was on the threshold of new technology, video, blockbuster, mom and pop video stores, DVD, Blu-ray, uh, MTV at its pinnacle. And things were not that expensive yet. Everybody kind of still had access to a lot of that. Even if you were sitting on the couch with that old tired Afghan blanket on the back and some lukewarm <laughs> pizza on the coffee table with mom and dad or stepdad or your older brother or your older sister. And you'd all walk down to the mom and pop video store to blockbuster together. And, and you get your movies for the weekend or you went out to see the movie at, on a theatrical release. So we were all kind of experiencing the culture together in the eighties. Uh, whether you were in Chicago, whether you were in New York, whether you were in Mexico, Seattle, we were all kind of bouncing off of the same thing. I'll give you an example. When I was a kid, there was this moment of time with transistor radios. Mm -hmm. And in Southern California, back then, there was only one rock and roll station in the, in the 50s, in the middle 50s. Later on, there was battles for uh, a popularity between lots of rock stations and FM. We, we remember all that. But in the, in the middle 50s, there was only one in L.A. And I can remember walking down the beach with my Delaware punch and my split weenie hot dogs relish chopped <laughs> onions on a rye toast from the stand on the beach and walking down in my pre-adolescence and looking at the girls in those early, early bikinis with the big bottoms on them, you know, and hardly any cleanage. And all the girls were basted in olive oil and they all had a little turquoise plastic transistor radio propped up in the sand on a beach towel and their headbands. And everybody was listening to the same song. Mm -hmm on the same station, everybody, rich, poor, beautiful, fat, skinny, black, white. We all were listening to the same music at the same time that we were getting our first kiss or going to our first party and playing spin the bottle or going back into the makeout room for, you know, seven minutes in heaven or whatever game that you, you know, lost your virginity to or popped your cherry to. And, and, and so I think that the 80s are a memory for those that came of age then from, let's say, 14 to 24 or 30. The clubs, the music, the MTV, the, the films, there was still a soundtrack and a movie of our lives at that time. Top Gun, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Rambo. And the songs, you know, the fresh mode, whatever we were listening to, that was the background music for our life then. And that's why, the, and, and I think, I think we were nicer to each other. Oh, totally. You know, <laughs> I, I we weren't as, we weren't as divided. Uh, we, I think we were just nicer to each other. I know there was a bit of the crack cocaine epidemic beginning, but aside from that, we were still nicer to each other.
Yeah. And uh, and I think that's part of the, the source of the nostalgia. And a lot of that stuff holds up. Uh, it's re- there, there are remakes and uh, uh, be- because of money and there's remakes because uh, not only were they hits back then, but they, we, we also remember the yeah. time when we go see the remake. We remember the first one. And uh, I think that's part of the experience. And also a lot of stuff from the 80s, we've been able to hang on to longer because of technology, because of the DVDs and the CDs and me TV and uh, TV Guide TV and cable and reruns on cable. A lot of those movies have been finally discovered or rediscovered by yeah. a future, a new generation. Totally. Yeah. Well, and in that sense, how did the Duffers approach you for this season? Was it surreal to be a part of a story so indebted to the Elm Street legacy that you began 40 years ago? Like, was that, how was that? Did they mention that it was going to be an well, aspect I, of the season? I had to earn the role. I mean, I auditioned in my bathtub with my wife filming me on a phone on a toilet seat. So, <laughs> and I had, I had lost the role. I, I, I love this show. I'm a big fan of David Harbour's. Yeah. I mean, aside from everything else, I mean, I think, you know, he stole the show in Black Widow, but he's also could be an action star. He's a big guy and he can throw a punch and you believe it, you know, and uh, and, and I'm a big fan of, of the kids. And I, I, I didn't get a role. I was up for a role in part three and I didn't get it. And I don't know whether I blew the audition or they went with somebody younger or what, but I, I was disappointed. And they called me for season four and no one said Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. I thought that if it was any kind of stunt casting, and this is after I got the role, uh, it's because I was an 80s icon and because I knew that I was wearing makeup on my eyes, you know, and that I had worn makeup in Nightmare on Elm Street and Phantom of the Opera and Stephen King's The Mangler. So I sort of have, I am that, I'm the go-to guy for that. And that that would have that was one of the reasons that they thought of me, because some actors can't wear makeup. Some really good actors just can't do it. It drives them nuts. And mm. uh, uh, I, I don't have a problem with it. So I thought it might have been one of those reasons. And also that by me guest starring, camoing, cameoing, you know, in season four, I would underline the 80s nostalgia. OK, totally. I have seen echoes of Nightmare on Elm Street on the show, but I also see echoes of Goonies and Amityville and, and, and uh, E.T. And, and, and a lot of other things <laughs> on the show. Um, but, but I think in season four, there's some really uh, uh, definite and strategic uh, Nightmare on Elm Street little Easter eggs, as well as many other, as well as a lot of other shows, as, you know, too. And, uh, and I, I, the irony is I don't think actually Victor Creel is one of those. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> I now in my dotage here as an old fart actor, I, I play the old priest and the old poacher and the old scientist and the old doctor a lot. I'm the guy that tells the story. I'm the guy that come that, you know, that you bring in to do your backstory exposition. And that's in fact, one of the the uses of Victor Creel in this is is he was a witness and he is damaged and he does tell the backstory which will help illuminate my son Henry and who he will become and how important he is 
to the story of Stranger Things. You guys, you know, it's been nicer lately. And in Wisconsin, you never quite know when winter is going to be in, but it's been nice for like four days in a row. And I'm like, if sunnier days are coming, it's time to fuel up. And so I'm going back to my factor meals that no prep, no mess. I want to hit my weight goals before it's time to hit that beach. You've got options like calorie smart, protein plus, keto. Factor has these fresh, never frozen meals, dietitian approved guys. And here's the big thing for me, keeping out of the kitchen as much as possible, two minutes and these meals are ready. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, you've always got time. So treat yourself. They have 35 different meals to pick from, 60 add-ons to choose every week. You're always gonna have new stuff to try. Have it whenever you want, it's effortless guys. So if you'd like to try it yourself, head to factormeals.com slash badmovies50 and use code badmovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code badmovies50 at factormeals.com slash badmovies50 to get 50% off of your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yeah. And, and you know, and on that note, it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, when you're looking at the response of this season right now, is it sort of reassuring or reaffirming to just see how far this legacy your legacy has like crossed over into generations i mean we're seeing now you know 10 year olds 15 year olds that are first coming on to elm street for the first time ever and granted this has been going on since the 80s ended you know but i i, I just you know as a huge horror fan i haven't seen it this pronounced since god since like the early 90s and i'm wondering with you like is there what is that feeling right now? Like to know that like, Oh my God, like it, does it, does it feel like the embers are kind of starting up again? You know, is, 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 is the Elm street vibes coming back for you? You know, I'm, I'm on the road a lot for cons yeah. and I, I pick and choose them. And this has been since Freddie versus Jason 2003. What is it? Yeah. 2022 now. Yeah. So it's been 20 years. I've been on the road off and on and I pick and choose now New York, San Francisco, London, Rome, places I love to go. But uh, I love meeting the fans. And what I've realized is because of the technology, the theatrical lease, and then the video generation, and then the sophistication of the video generation with box sets and the making of, and then the DVD generation and the, the, the Blu-ray and the box sets of those, and throughout all of this, the burgeoning cable industry and marathons for Halloween and being on, you know, Showtime Extreme or HBO Extreme or being in, uh, you know, being, being able to, to see all of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and other great horror movies in the horror menu on Apple TV or Prime Video or Netflix to be able to delve into these. Uh, it's generated this technology has generated, I think I'm on my third generation of fans now. It really is. Yeah. 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 And it's amazing. And there are some countries that are still playing catch up. Uh, we're huge in Latin America now. Latin America loves horror. And uh, so that's a thing. And then you, and then other, other, other cultures uh, have always embraced it. The Spanish love horror and uh, the Italians uh, and they respect it. It's, you know, in, in America for a long time, we all had to sit at the crappy table back by the revolving doors in the commissary. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were not, we were not the A-list guys, you know, uh, but we saved, the, after we saved four or five studios, you know, yeah. I think Friday the 13th saved Paramount at one point. Uh, 
Absolutely. Uh, I know yeah. that uh, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, and Star Wars saved Fox. And I know that New Line <laughs> Cinema is the house that Freddie built. Yeah. So after that, we started getting a little respect. Now, every week, there's a horror or a sci-fi movie in the top 10 and on television, too. So we have sort of replaced the cowboy movie, the Western, or the gangster movie mm. with Jimmy Cagney, you know. Uh, and we've sort of we're sort of another main part of the menu, horror, science fiction, rom-coms, action films, fantasy films. These are this is sort of the menu now in entertainment. Uh, and then you have reality TV as well. But I think what I think I literally we're on our third generation of fans. I don't specifically feel a louder drumbeat for Nightmare on Elm Street now. It's an anniversary year, I believe, for Nightmare on Elm Street uh, 3. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dream Warriors, which is, I think, if you took a poll, uh, I, I think it's actually the fan favorite. And uh, so I, I am feeling the vibe from that, uh, Dream Warriors. Uh, and, and if they ever did a remake, that's the one I'd like to cameo in. You know, maybe maybe playing the uh, psychiatrist or the therapist who who doesn't believe. Oh, I can uh, see that. In a collective nightmare, yeah. children, you can't possibly be <laughs> having the same dream. I think that it was wonderfully portrayed in the original by uh, 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 Amy Irving's mother, Priscilla Pointer. Yeah. Uh, and I'm big, I'm big fan of both of them. I remember seeing Priscilla on stage on one of my first trips to New York and Amy, of course, we all had a crush on Amy, uh, including Steven Spielberg, I believe, but uh, gosh, I remember Amy from the Fury and Carrie, you know, so wonderful, such a terrific actress. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, that's, I think it's, it's just the technology has given this afterlife and this access now to so many great films that didn't get the hype or, or didn't get the attention when they were released theatrically, sooner or later, I think talent will out and I think the audiences will, will discover them. Yeah. Deep down the rabbit holes of the internet or on Apple TV's rabbit hole or on Netflix's or Prime Videos or wherever they're, they're looking on demand, wherever they're exploring. Oh, totally. Find another movie that William Finley is in, for instance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting that you brought up the anniversary of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, because I feel like Stranger Things does have that vibe of these kids coming coming together to fight this evil. Uh, if they were going to remake that, or if that was going to be the idea of a launching point, is there a filmmaker out there you think could tackle that, other than the Duffer Brothers right now? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I'll tell you who, I would love to see him freshen it up. Just freshen it up. Jordan Peele. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And yeah. just and not just diversity for diversity's sake, but I really think he's truly like Wes Craven respects the genre. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I love what he's done so far, but I think he might really find a way into the back door, uh, so to speak, of uh, Dream Warriors and really and really play with it and have some fun. Oh, yeah. Eventize yeah. it for sure. Well, Robert, thank you so much for talking to us. This is great. I uh, I am absolutely jealous of the room behind you, including the pinball machine. 
Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for everything. I'm and, not even, uh, I'm not even one of the victors on that. You know, <laughs> all the kids, all the, all my kids and nephews and nieces, they're all much better at it than I am. Oh, I, yeah. I, I killed way too much. Yeah. I just love what they look like. I'm usually, I usually, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty ball. cool. They're cool. But uh, so yeah. are you and uh, keep it cool. And we'll hopefully talk soon in the, in the near future. <laughs> Have right. a good one. Thanks. Well, there you have it. Mr. England, Mr. Creel, Mr. Kruger himself. I keep calling, I keep calling him the uh, the Fred man himself. The Fred which I don't, man. I don't think anyone's ever referred to him as that. Uh, keep confusing people. What if you said that for right in the start of the interview? <laughs> He's just like, all right. So, that's, uh... Uh, Fredman, <laughs> what, <laughs> what are yeah. your thoughts on now? No, uh, that was a blast, yeah. a total blast. I'm glad uh, we could share that with everybody. He's a joy. Uh, again, we really hope that we can get him on. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities down the road. I mean, I don't want to be too hopeful just because I feel like anytime we do with these major franchises, we're inevitably disappointed. But, I mean, the tea leaves out there scream Elm Street. People want Elm Street back. I know there's been a lot of talk about how Warner Brothers, who owns the rights because it's through New Line and New Line is absorbed by Warner Brothers. I believe they've in the past said they've been focusing more on the Conjuring franchise. You know, we saw where Conjuring goes in part three last year. Maybe, fingers crossed, they finally sit back and go, all right, look, there's been a lot of talk after Stranger Things 4, you know, a lot of hubbub online. People want it. They want to go back. They want to start dreaming again. Maybe we get it happen. I, I, you know, I, I would love it. Well, you know, yeah. you know, Robert said himself that he's wants something, wants someone to breathe some new life into this thing. I can see them folding in Nightmare on Elm Street into the Conjuring universe. I want to see <laughs> old Patrick Wilson and Vermeer take on freddy yeah maybe it's like poltergeist which uh you know the, the they'll all like gather around the living room and they'll you know nancy will maybe they'll and... they'll they'll capture him in some kind of talisman that they can put in their, their oh. oddities room that could be interesting with annabelle yeah. with annabelle and the rest i'm wondering what i guess it would be the glove right that, that, that it would have to be the glove oh yeah room, right? yeah that yeah. would be great or or the hat right the yeah the, the hat dirty brown work, hat yeah. pulled through the dream what if it was something really obscure just like, just absolutely like, like uh, you know, a spatula from when he was grilling. Uh, oh, I think oh, he's like grilling you know, and like, <laughs> Freddy's dead. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, we uh, found, uh, we actually, we've captured him in this, uh, this <laughs> random tool from yeah. the shed in which he put his, uh, his, his, his gloves in. together. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just, just like a, the most like downer of like, reach. okay, I guess that's it. All right. There's Freddy. Um, well, this oh, is fun. Boy. We got a lot coming up. What do we got? Well, we're going to hell, which I guess technically is where Freddy is. Um, we're going to drag me to hell specifically because we're going to be talking about Sam Raimi's uh, 2009. Uh, what do you call it? Not a creature feature. It's a supernatural horror film. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just works. a return to horror. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe we maybe we call it Evil Dead Four. Maybe we don't. You'll have to listen to find out. Mm. I think we I think we recorded for like around two hours and thirty minutes. A big episode. So. Get ready for that. And then, uh, look, I mentioned Poltergeist just a second ago. We're doing a deep dive on Poltergeist also. By the time we're recording this, we actually haven't recorded that episode yet. So I don't know how long that will go, but I assume 
it's going to be a pretty epic episode. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> it's going to go on for a while. So we're going to be talking everything that ties together with Poltergeist. It's going to be like we're going to get we're going to gloss over the you know talk about the Night Sky script. We're going to talk about you know the Hooper versus uh, Spielberg debate. Uh, I'm certainly going to talk about Joe Beth Williams. Hopefully, rein myself in. Um, <laughs> but that's that. You know that that'll be something to look forward to. In the meantime, right now, you can go to our Patreon.com slash Halloweeniespod and get our Darkman commentary because we just recorded that and that was fun. That's that was right. a, a star-studded Darkman commentary, I would say. Oh, yeah. um, a couple of guests dropped by. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. It was a little definitely um, a very irreverent commentary. Um, and then at the end of the month, we're going to Amity because we're going to be dropping our full commentary for uh, another Spielberg classic, um, uh, Jaws. <laughs> so, yeah, more, already a controversial statement right there. But that's fair because he produced Poltergeist. Hey, he produced I'm not, I'm not making, it. I'm not he, making any he sides a, here. He, screenplay. I mean, you know, you can say sense. that. It's okay. It makes sense. We're not, uh, we're not making any, any declarations here. No, no, not at all. Uh, Mac, we got to sign off, but because we're still in like the season two mode, we've been using the, the, you know, the bumpers from God way back in 2019. I do not remember the sign off for the, the, the night. The, is it like one, two Freddy's coming to I can't remember it now. I, I honestly cannot remember the sign off for season two. So I, I'm racking my brain right now and I know I can't. Why wasn't it? Why wasn't it? (laughs) Let's just do that. Let's just do that. Uh, Oh, no, no. I know what it is. I know what What, it is. What was it? It's whatever you do. Oh. Don't fall Fall asleep. Asleep. There you have it. This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>